This is Invisible Warrior Radio, and I'm your host, Adrian Clements, Invisible Illness Advocate and Empowerment Coach with Invisible-Warrior.com. On this show, it's my mission to provide you with simple strategies to navigate the various mental, emotional, relational, and existential challenges of living a life with chronic and invisible illness. Filled with practical psychology, empowering expert interviews, and personal insights and observations from my own journey as an invisible warrior, each week we will explore a new tool for navigating this often confusing adventure of illness with more resilience, ease, and self-love. So let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. Howdy, warriors, and welcome to episode five of Invisible Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Adrian Clements, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about how we can use the power of ritual to really honor all the triumphs and lessons that we've learned on this healing journey in 2015. Because as I record this podcast, I cannot believe it, but it is the 30th of December in 2015. So we've only got one day left of this magical year, and then we're heading on off into 2016. And I know for many of us at this time of year, we can feel this kind of intensity and movement to kind of want to rush right into coming up with our New Year's resolutions and our intentions and all the things that we're going to do differently in 2016, right? It's very natural. It's that time of the year. It's a very cultural thing here in the United States around resolutions and in many countries around the world. So know that it's normal that you might be feeling that pressure to come up with, what am I going to change about myself in 2016? Well, first, know that you are perfectly imperfect human, and you don't have to change anything if you don't want to. But if there are some hard lessons that you learned this year, there are some growth edges that you've been experiencing and you're wanting to expand and explore those more, heal those more and move in a more positive direction in 2016, then I applaud you. There's a lot of things that we can do to really improve our health and our well-being and resolutions are a great way to kind of motivate us to do that. But Let's put on the brakes for a second, because before we just rush on in to wanting to come up with resolutions and thinking about all the things that we want to do in the future here going forward, it's really important, I found, to really honor where we've been and what we've gone through. So before we celebrate this new year, which happy new year to you and yours, let's really honor what 2015 has brought us. I know for me, this has been an incredibly huge, trying, exhausting, magical, inspiring year in so many ways. This was a huge year on my healing journey. I began um, treatment under a doctor's care for chronic Lyme disease with the Lyme literate doctor in January 
of 2015. And at that time, I was struggling to even drive my car to be able to lift my arms over my head. I was having seizures, um, incredible memory loss and brain fog was my nerves were firing like crazy across my body. I just felt like I was being electrocuted 24-7 and along with a host of like 30 other symptoms that are just too many to label right now. And at that time, you know, it was very hopeful getting into a doctor, but after having been sick for so long, it had been over two and a half years that I'd been pretty much becoming bedbound and was bedbound for about six months. Uh, you know, there was points when I lost hope and I lost motivation to keep moving forward on this chronic illness journey. And I think as somebody who works in the mental health field, it's important for me to be honest and to share about that and to be authentic in this journey because it's extremely hard. And when we are in those real low points, especially when our body may be flaring constantly over and over again, our brain is also swollen. And so it is putting all of this pressure on the processes that are going on up there. And it's also changing the chemistry that's going on in our brain, therefore leading us to greater feelings of anxiety and depression. And it can be hard when you're under that cloud and that fog to see the possibilities of what exists and the potential that things could change, especially when the pain has been felt for so long. But I'm here to tell you that change is possible. And if you have been diagnosed with a chronic illness, know that healing is possible for you. That even if your body doesn't get back to the way that it was before illness or 100% functionality the way that you might like, you can make incredible gains by really focusing on the right integrative, holistic treatment for you. But it takes time to get there. And there is a lot of trial and error in this process. I know for me there was. I was originally diagnosed with, um, let's see, what did they give me? A whole bunch of different things. Major depression, uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, so many things to count, and then um, labeled as a mystery diagnosis for a long time as well. So if you've got any labels like that that have kind of been thrust upon you, um, they don't really know where the illness has come from, um, know that you may not be stuck like this forever. There is possibility for change because in this past year of going through a very specific integrative treatment with my doctor and doing a ton of my own research, I am a scientist in many ways and I really take my health and healing into my own hands. And I did a lot of research on the best protocols and things that I could do at home to support my Lyme treatment. And I also had mold toxicity, and then I found out I had all these genetic mutations. Uh, Many of you out there feel me and know what it's like when you've got, it's kind of like an onion, right? We got all these layers of different illness that's going on that creates these chronic conditions. But thanks to my treatment, I am almost fully functional again. Um, 
I am not quite to remission yet. In the Lyme world, remission is where you uh, don't have symptoms for at least three months. And I'm still getting symptoms and I'm still having flares and some herxes, but they're much more minor compared to where they used to be. Um, Now I have them for a couple days a week where before I had them for several weeks at a time, month at a time, I was having these huge flares. So I just want to say this to you. Don't give up hope. If you're sitting there on this New Year's Eve or at the beginning of this new year in 2016 and you are saying, I don't feel I made any progress. I feel like I'm on this hamster wheel and things aren't changing. One of the number one things for me, was really getting control of that mindset when those thoughts come up. Because when those thoughts come up, that's really the trauma of the illness that's triggering us over and over again into this hopelessness. And the second hopelessness takes over, your health is going to immediately start deteriorating. Because hope is what gives us the motivation to take empowered action to do the things that we need to do to help ourselves heal and to move forward and to be able to manage and cope with our illness. So I've got a few episodes and some of the past ones that are really great things you can do on really how to use the power of thought, not just this like, have positive thinking and you're going to heal your chronic illness. No, that is not how it works. You don't just like read a few Louise Hay quotes and everything is magically better. No, it takes a lot of time and effort to reprogram that thinking. But the more that you can do that along with following an integrative protocol where you're under um, a doctor or practitioner's care that you trust can really make a huge difference and give you a lot of time and energy and resources resources back in your life. And I know for me, that has, I'm starting to get that. I'm starting to be able to live my life again the way that I want it to on my terms, even though I have illness. So let's, now what I'd like to share with you is really about a ritual that we can do to really honor what we've gone through in 2015. For me, you know, like I said, because this was such a huge year, I definitely am going to have a lot that I want to write about on this year and what I've learned and how I've grown. And I know you may be feeling that way too. So let's talk about how you can honor 2015 before we just jump on into creating New Year's resolutions. And the reason that you want to do this, the reason you really want to look at the lessons of 2015, you want to see where you have grown and what you have accomplished and what you have overcome and what you have learned, is because when we don't take the time to do this, we miss out on the opportunity to really integrate these lessons and achieve this growth for a sustained amount of time. Because when we sit down and we actually write about this, we really think about these things, we are starting to shift these neural pathways in our brain that change the way our thinking forms and the autopilot thinking that our brain goes on. So the more you start thinking about and reframing situations for yourself, reframing your thoughts, 
choosing to ask instead of why is this happening to me? What can I learn from this? The more that we are able to do that, the more we're going to feel integrated and more in control of being able to cope with the various challenges that illness and just being a human being may present in our life. Because life is tough, even without illness, life is tough. And so it's really important that we take these moments and really pause and think about it before we just rush forward into trying to think about what we want to change. So now I'd like to share with you my ritual for how I honor the year. And this is something that I usually do on New Year's Eve or within the first couple days of the new year um, because it's just a date. (laughs) It's okay if you don't get to your ritual before the first of the year strikes. You can do this at any time. It's not about the day. It's about the intention and the action of doing this. So what I like to do um, is I actually like to get out a journal or a notepad or sheet of paper and really take an account of what happened throughout my year, what happened throughout 2015. And before I do this, I really like to find a cozy place, so usually like a spot in my house where I can be alone, where I'm surrounded by stuff that I really like. I have a really nice spot in my office where I have an altar and kind of a little seated area and beautiful crystals and artwork that I love. So going to a place like that, finding your space that you feel you could really relax in for a while. And giving yourself anywhere from about 30 minutes to an hour to kind of do this little practice. And so make sure you grab yourself something to drink, that you get a notepad, that you get a pen. Um, And then if you had any journals maybe that you wrote in through the year, you can bring those with you to kind of reference and help yourself remember about some of the things that you've gone through and overcome. If anybody is out there like me and has brain fog, kind of helpful to have those reference documents. So then once you're in your space and really cozy, I invite you to actually go through your 2015. So you can either do it by going starting with January of 2015 and going through December or going in reverse order starting with December and going backwards to January of 2015. And what I want you to do in your journal is write month by month. I want you to write down the highlights of that month. What were the big, awesome things that happened that month? And even if they aren't big and awesome, what were the awesome things that happened that month? What was something that you really enjoyed that happened then? Then I want you to also write about what were maybe some of the challenges that happened that month. And from those challenges, I want you to write what you feel you learned, and how you grew as a person because of that challenge. And it's easier now when we're talking about a challenge that may have happened in January or February to look back with new eyes and maybe have a little bit different perspective because we've had some distance from that. Now, I invite you to try to create that same distance for any challenges that have been happening um, more recently in the past few months, things that you may still have some energy stuck around. And just really be gentle with yourself. Really think about instead of why did this happen to me? Ask, how can I learn from this? Because 
the whole mentality of why did this happen to me? I'm a good person. Things like this shouldn't happen to me. This is actually what we call in psychotherapy uh, cognitive distortion. That's actually a form of what we call magical thinking. For some reason, we associate that because we've done something good, that means good things must happen to us. And unfortunately, that's not how it works really in life. You know, when we're born into this world, there's not this big, amazing rule book that we're handed that says, if you're a good person, good things will happen to you. And if you're a bad person, bad things may happen to you. Um, Unfortunately, that's kind of been imbued into our brain over time from society, um, teaching us this and a lot of media teaching us about this and cultural traditions and even things like Santa Claus, (laughs) where Santa Claus, you know, if you're on the um, good list or the nice list, then you're going to get presents. And if you're on the naughty list, you're going to get coal, right? You know, but unfortunately, this doesn't apply 100% in the real world. Just because you're a good person, obstacles will present themselves in our life. And the goal on this journey as a human being really isn't to stop obstacles from happening. Of course, we want to do that. We want to mitigate as many obstacles from happening as possible. But the real goal is to be able to cope with and manage those obstacles with more emotional and mental and physical resilience than we might have been able to before. So it's about continual growth, being open to really learning and changing in our ways. So I want you to think about that. What were some of the best things that happened to you in 2015? And how did you learn and grow from them? And then what were some of the most challenging things that happened in 2015? And how can you learn and grow from them? And since what we really focus on here is how to create a life you love in spite of illness. I want you to think about some of the lessons you learned around health in 2015 too. Are there some thoughts or habits and behaviors that didn't really serve you well that you're ready to let go of and leave them in 2015 and start off fresh and new with more empowering and supportive habits in 2016? And what did those look like for you? Not thinking about 2016 yet, but what were those habits in 2015 that you're ready to let go of? And so once you've kind of written this down for each month and you've been able to journal through it, it's probably going to surprise you. You're going to realize how much that you've been able to get through and how much you've been able to overcome and how much you've grown and how much you've learned. And there's probably going to be a lot you forgot about that's happened to you this year. And that's why this ritual is so powerful. It reminds us of how strong we are of how powerful we are, of how resilient we are in many ways. So honor your resilience by taking the time to do this. And then once you've kind of gone through your whole year and you've really sussed out like, ooh, all these really good things happened and I loved them and they made me feel so much joy and happiness in this and I want more of that in 2016. See, it's already helping you get clear on some intentions you might want to be setting. Then it's also helping you get clear on, ooh, that stuff did not go so well in 2015. That made me feel lonely and depressed and anxious and frustrated and all of that. And I want to let that go in 2016. 
So once you've analyzed some of that, I want to invite you to do a very special part of the ritual. So once you've figured out what you don't want, I want you to write a list of all the thoughts, the feelings, the habits, the behaviors, the interactions that you want to leave in 2015 and that you don't want to bring with you anymore into 2016. And once you have this all written down, I want you to go take it outside. If you can get outside or go to your sink or to your bathroom. And I want you to roll up that little paper where you wrote this on. And I want you to just send out a little intention to the universe. Whatever you call the universe, whatever you call this energy of creation, whether you call it God, whether you call it Jesus, whether you call it Allah, whether you call it Buddha, whether you call it your ancestors, your archangels, or you call it the universe, whatever it is to you, whatever that word is about this universal energy that's surrounding us and helping us here and creating this magical life that we live, whatever you call that, I want you to send an intention to that energy and say, I offer all of this to you. All this pain, all of these lessons that I learned from these challenging experiences in 2015, all of this growth, all that I've overcome, I surrender it and I let it go. I'm going to let this go and leave this in 2015 and I turn it over to the universe and I choose to let this go so I can make space for all that I want to call into my life in 2016 so I can really create a life I love in spite of illness. And once you've done that, once you've kind of little said this intention and saying it out loud is really good because when we say things out loud, it actually activates our throat chakra. And as a big bonus, it also stimulates our vagal nerve, which is the largest nerve in our body that's connected to our nervous system. And actually, when it's stimulated, it helps to calm us down. And it's an essential part of the rewiring process of our brain. So saying your intentions out loud is really important. And then you can actually read out all the things that you want to leave in 2015. And then I want you to burn that piece of paper. And I just want you to send it out into the universe and allow yourself to feel yourself releasing all the weight of those experiences, all the weight of those feelings that you've been carrying from those experiences. Because the more that you can release around that, the more energy you free up in your body and in your mind and your spirit to focus on healing and to focus on really bringing in and calling into your life all of the things that you do want to create in spite of illness. So that is my little ritual that I love to do each year. And I know some of the things that I'm ready to let go of this year are definitely letting go of fear around being potentially chronically ill, you know? Lyme is something that gets into remission, they say. Some people say it can be cured. Some 
can't, but I'm ready to let go of that fear around being defined by it. I'm ready to um, let go of that feeling of isolation that chronic illness can bring sometimes. And I've got some really big plans coming up for the Invisible Warrior community on how we can connect more together online um, and ways that if you live near me in Austin, Texas, we can actually get together in person. So stay tuned for more information on that. In this uh, month of January, I'll be revealing some ways that we can connect more. And please feel free to comment on the blog and share what it is that you're planning on leaving behind in 2015 so you can really create a life that you love in spite of illness in 2016. Now, once you have gone through this process and really kind of gotten clear on what you want to get rid of, that really allows your mind to kind of have space freed up so that you can really allow yourself to be open to receiving, what do I really want to create in 2016? Instead of just creating some New Year's resolution off the top of your head, you've made space, you'd allowed yourself to settle down, you've made an intention to let go of things that aren't serving you anymore. And that really puts you in a position to start more so contemplating what it is you want to call in in 2016. So I invite you after you do this ritual to just kind of let this ritual simmer with you for a while. Just sit with it and see what comes up as to what you want to call in more in 2016. Now, when you visit back next week on the podcast, I will actually be showing you how you can set intentions that you are going to achieve in 2016. I have a very specific goal setting process that I use that is really aligned with both science, so it's based in psychological principles, and it's also aligned with spiritual principles for creating what you want and really manifesting what you want in your life. So if you are ready to really create the life that you love in spite of illness, make sure to tune in next week to learn how you can set intentions that feel good and are actually things that you want to create in 2016 and are done so in a way that you actually will create them. So thank you so much for tuning in today, Warriors. Happy New Year. I truly hope that 2016 is your most health-filled, happy, joyous, and abundant year yet. Thank you so much for tuning in and make sure to tune in next week. And a special thank you to Frederico 7 Music for our theme song. And for more information, you can always visit us at invisible-warrior.com. 